Welcome back to our Wednesday Bible study of the book of Exodus. Now, in this video, I've got to explain a few things before we jump into the text. One of them is that uh, things are about to change whenever we look at the book of Exodus, because up to this point, uh, what we've pretty much been doing is we've been working our way through it, mostly going every single chapter kind of uh, for every week, more or less. There have been some weeks that maybe I've kind of thrown in another chapter. There have been a few chapters that we've just sort of briefly looked over. Uh, so with that being stated, um, in the upcoming weeks, we're actually going to speed our way through this book because really the first half of this book, which is what we've been going through, uh, that deals with this story of God's people, the, the Israelites and them in, the, um, in Egypt and coming out, you know, exiting Egypt. Um, and now we're at the central part of the book. And in this chapter, what we find is this is where Israel comes to Mount Sinai. Now, the importance of Mount Sinai is this is where God gives them the law of Moses. So for the next few chapters, we're going to see actually a lot of different laws that, uh, that we see in this book. Uh, next week, we're actually even going to look at the Ten Commandments. This week, we're not going to look so much at commandments. But next week, we're going to start in with the Ten Commandments. We're going to learn some things about those and, and some of the other commands that, uh, that God lays down as part of the law of Moses. But because of all of these laws, and those laws not directly um, being things that we have to abide by today, uh, because we live in the New Covenant and the New Testament times, um, we're going to deal with those a little bit quicker. Uh, I'm not going to spend the time for us to read every single chapter together and us to look at every single verse from those chapters. I'm just going to maybe kind of hit some highlights and, and make some summaries about some things, and, and we'll maybe um, look at specific parts in the text in the upcoming weeks. Um, but uh, this is going to be a little bit of a transition um, in this chapter here in the book of Exodus. So all that being stated, if you kind of want to get a little bit of a head start in this, uh, I'm going to maybe kind of, uh, if you want to read the whole book of Exodus, I'm going to somewhat assign some readings for you. Now that's going to start next week, but if you want to get a little bit of a, a head start on that, you can start to read a few chapters, you know, every week uh, from this, this book, you know, maybe uh, four or five chapters or so. Um, and if, if you just kind of read through it that way, um, it will get you ready for, uh, for being, um, well, just kind of looking through these upcoming chapters at a much quicker pace than what we've been doing. So that, that's probably a whole lot more information than what I needed to include. Um, but I thought it was important for you to know that, that we're going to be going there. Also, at the end of this video, I'm going to mention um, that there's a, a video from the Bible Project that you're welcome to look at. You can look at uh, the video description of, of this video below, and you will be able to find a link to that video. And that video will walk you through the second half of the book of Exodus. Um, I provided you a link earlier on in this study on the first half of the book, and that one will take you through the rest um, of the book. But let's see now uh, what we can learn about God at Mount Sinai and what he tells his people, because there's a lot of really um, interesting things, a lot of neat things about God and how he chooses to reveal himself. One of the main things that we will notice in this chapter is God wants to reveal himself. And when God wants to reveal himself, he wants to have this close connection with all of them. And we will see that sometimes the people are a little hesitant of this. And also, in order for the people to be face-to-face uh, -face with God, so to speak, there has to be a time in which they are um, make themselves holy. You know, they, they sanctify themselves. It's, it's an interesting thing in this chapter. So let's begin in verse 1, and let's find out about Exodus 19. 
So Exodus 19, verses 1 through 6. In the third month after the Israelites went out from the land of Egypt, on the very, on the very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they journeyed from Rephidim, they came to the desert of Sinai, and they camped in the desert. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain. Thus you were to tell the house of Jacob, and declare to the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I lifted you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And now, if you will diligently listen to me and keep my covenant, then you will be my special possession out of all the nations, for all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. Let's pause right here. There's a lot that we can learn about God and what he desires for his people here. Uh, for starters, we see in verse four that in this meeting, one of the things that God is telling Moses that he's gonna tell the people um, through Moses, one of the things that he tells them is that he took these Israelites, he took these Hebrews, and this image is used about um, on eagle's wings, lifted you up on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. That's an image of kind of a mother bird raising up their young. I know it's, it's kind of odd to you know think about eagles. I guess we don't really, I don't know about you at least, but I don't see eagles a whole lot myself. But that image is of a mama bird raising the baby birds and letting them fly on their own. And that's kind of the image that God uses with us, that that's what he did for us, that he tried to, to get us to grow up. Well, in this case, he's trying to get the Israelites to grow up and, and to be able to stand on their own, to really kind of fly on their own, so to speak, you know, using that image again. But then he also tells them that there are some things that are required of them. In verse five, we read that if you diligently listen to me and keep my covenant, then you will be a special possession out of all the nations, for all the earth is mine. So from this verse, we see, of course, all of the earth is God's. Okay, we've seen that from the very beginning. He's the creator, he's the sustainer, he's made everything. So all the earth is his. However, there is something special about the Hebrews. There is something special about the Israelites because God has chosen them. They're going to be this special possession. Now, that doesn't mean they're just automatically gonna be that. You know, sometimes we, we kind of think that, that, oh, well, these are the children of God. These are the chosen ones of God. And yes, they are. But just because they were chosen by God doesn't mean that they were always right with God. And I think about that. Make sure you understand me with that. The Israelites, just because they were chosen by God, doesn't mean they were in a right relationship with God at all times. In fact, there were many times that they weren't in a right relationship with God. Why were they not in a right relationship with God? Well, it goes back to this verse five, um, that they were not diligently listening to God at times, and they weren't really keeping the covenant. And whenever you see them not diligently listening and not keeping the covenant of God, then what you find out is it's different about how they're this special possession. This is what God wants. He wants them to diligently listen to him. He wants them to keep this covenant and he wants them to be this special possession. However, sometimes they didn't want that, but that doesn't change what God wants. And God is willing to literally bend over backwards to help the Israelites. And by the way, all of this, you know, we can read this as Christians, we can recognize if all of this was true about the Israelites, it most certainly is true about us today. Okay, all of these things, this God that we serve is the same God that we're reading about right here. 
So if all of these things can be stated of his relationship with Israel, most certainly they can be stated of his relationship with the church as well. In verse 6, we also find out something, um, this phrase, that uh, they were supposed to be kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, isn't it interesting in the New Testament, uh, those phrases are carried over and talked about in the church. You know, as the as people who are part of the church, we are called to be a kingdom of priests. We are also called to be this holy nation. No matter what nation you are actually a part of, it doesn't matter if you're an Israelite or not. In fact, most of us aren't going to be Israelites. We're going to be from some other nation, but we're still called to be a holy people. We're called to be this holy nation. This was stated about Israel, but of course these things mean something to us as Christians. Let's keep reading now. Let's find out about uh, this, this interaction between God and the Israelites with this mountain. Verses 7 through 9 now. So Moses came and summoned the elders of Israel. He set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together, all that the Lord has commanded, we will do. So Moses brought the words of the people back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you and so that they will always believe in you. And Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Okay, so this is just God kind of setting up how it's going to happen, you know, what it's going to look like. A um, few things to kind of take notice of. Verse 7, we find out that Moses is summoning the, the elders of Israel. I think passages like this and really the, the purpose of the elders up to this point um, and really the elders that, that are talked about several times in the Old Testament, it's important to recognize the part that they play. You know, these elders are the ones who, you know, literally they are the older ones. They're the ones who have kind of been there. They've experienced life and they are the ones who are in a leadership position. And Moses constantly works with the elders. We've seen that several times already in the book of Exodus. And you'll continue to see that uh, throughout the Bible, that the elders are supposed to be the ones um, who work in a leadership position. Now, we also notice that in the church, don't we? We notice that there's um, a reason why the older ones, the more experienced ones, the elders are the ones who are supposed to be the leaders of the church as well. Anyways, Moses, um, he's working with the elders here and uh, they are talking about how this is going to happen whenever they do see God and how this uh, contact with God is going to work. Um, and we also find out that what the people say about this. In verse eight, they make this wonderful statement and, and it really is. Um, th this wonderful statement here in verse 8, they say, all that the Lord has commanded, we will do. I mean, isn't that like, that's one of those powerful statements. You know, if this were to be um, in, in a movie, this would be kind of like that, that powerful speech that, you know, yes, we're going we're gonna to stick together. We're going to do exactly what we're supposed to do. Now, let's go out and do that. You know, that, that's that type of statement. But sadly, what we see is they oftentimes didn't do what the Lord commanded. But we'll get to that eventually. But right now, what we see is a people who is willing to say that they're going to do what the Lord has commanded them to do. And for a large part, at least, they have been doing what God has been asking of them up to this point. Now, God has been doing a whole lot to help them. OK, he's done a whole lot to help them in bringing them out of Egypt, um, allowing them passage through the Red Sea. I mean, there's so many ways in which he's helped them, but they are still following him. Uh, up to this point, for the most part, pretty faithful, but they still have, uh, they, they've still been grumbling, you know, and, and complaining, murmuring and stuff. We, we've seen that uh, the past few chapters. Um, so they're not perfect. They're people, okay? Just like us. They're not perfect. 
uh, and we're not perfect either. Uh, another image that we start to see here with the Lord uh, showing himself in verse 9 is that he's going to reveal himself in this dense cloud. Now, keep in mind about this dense cloud because uh, we've already seen that God reveals himself in the form of a cloud uh, previous to this. If you remember, um, the cloud was the one that was leading um, them. It was the presence of God, and it was a cloud. It was a pillar of cloud. Uh, that's the phrase we're used to. A pillar of cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire at nighttime. Um, I think that would have been the same cloud, and you know, whenever it gets dark, uh, you see the light from it, and then whenever it's not dark, you see that it's just this this dense cloud. So these images about how God is going to reveal himself, um, those we're, we're pretty much, you know, um, starting to get used to seeing. This is one of the ways in which God reveals himself. This is one of the images that people see whenever they see the Lord. But there's more. Verses 10 through 15 now. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and make them wash their clothes and be ready on the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You must set boundaries for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves not to go up on the mountain or touch its edge. Whoever touches the mountain will surely, will surely be put to death. No hand will touch him, but he will surely be stoned or shot through. Whether a beast or a human being, he must not live. When the ram's horn sounded a long blast, they may go up on the mountain. Then Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. He said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not approach your wives for marital relations. Um, okay, so in these verses, what we see is they're getting ready. They are preparing to meet God. Uh, not in the ultimate sense. You know, I, I guess that might not be the best phrase of, of using here, because whenever we think about meeting our maker or, you know, meeting God, we think, oh, well, you have to die first. That's not the setting here. The setting here is God is going to reveal himself to them. They have to purify themselves. They have to sanctify themselves. They have to get ready for this. I think there's something to be to be stated about whenever we are getting ready to worship God in a church setting. Whenever we assemble together to worship God, do we take any thought of preparing ourselves? Now, I'm not saying that we have to prepare that we have to prepare ourselves the same way they did. In fact, I, I don't think that there's any requirement that we have to prepare ourselves the same way they did. But everything that they did to prepare themselves was kind of part of, um, it, it was part of this, this ceremony, part of the ritual in which to um, be kind of ceremonially clean. This has nothing to do with really kind of uh, like physical cleanliness. That, that's not what any of this has to do with. It all has to do with some other stuff, and we're not going to get into each one of the, the different details, but all of this is laid out by God for exactly how he's going to uh, be able to approach the people and how they're going to talk with one another and, and interact with one another. But meeting God is a big deal. And I think that we need to learn from this that when we approach God, uh, both whenever we approach him in prayer or whenever we approach him in the sense of, you know, collectively we are coming together to worship God, we need to give thought to that. And at the very least, we need to be preparing our minds, I would say. We need to be preparing our minds for that moment. Uh, and, of course, there could be times when preparing your mind, you know, you, you um, it, it might just be difficult. Okay? I understand that. God understands that. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about on a regular basis. Whenever you have the ability to be able to kind of prepare for that meeting, do you take any thought to it? Do you prepare to, to meet God, to come before God, uh, and to... To, uh, communicate with him. 
because it's a really big deal here. He's going to be coming down uh, in the sight of all the people, and this mountain is going to be the place in which he does this, Mount Sinai. So there, there's a lot of uh, really interesting things here uh, in this chapter, in these verses about God and about meeting God. Uh, but there's also even more that, that what we see uh, in the following verses too. So let's look at those. Verses 16 through 19. On the third day in the morning, there was thunder and lightning and a dense cloud on the mountain and the sound of a very loud horn. All the people who were in the camp trembled. Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their place at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. And its smoke went up like the smoke of the great furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. When the sound of the horn grew louder and louder, Moses was speaking, and God was answering him with a voice. So here we see this moment. Okay, we've, we've already seen this dense cloud image used in verse 16. Uh, we've seen that in previous chapters. Also another little bit of a hint about the, uh, the dense cloud. If you fast forward to the very end of the book, you find out that when they make the tabernacle, which we'll get to eventually, but whenever they make the tabernacle, part of what happens is the presence of God fills it in this you know, dense cloud. It's the same type of image uh, that's used there. And this has to do with kind of the glory of God. Now connected with that dense cloud, we also find out that thunder and lightning are used. When you stop and think about it, all these images make sense. We see that a dense cloud is used of, of God's presence. Thunder, lightning, fire, all of these things wrapped up and, and even more. Okay, there, there's more images about how powerful and how mighty God is. Um, some, of, some of these things are some of the most powerful things that we can think of. Uh, some of the most powerful uh, powers on earth. I don't know if that's the best term, but I think you understand what I mean. That all of these are to show his glory, to show his greatness, to show his might, to show his power. Do I need to keep saying these things? Okay, I, I think you get it. All of these Show us how great this God is. And this is the God that we worship. This is the God that we serve. This God is so powerful that in verse 18, whenever he, whenever his presence comes here, um, for starters, a whole mountain is, is encircled with this uh, or engulfed uh, with this smoke. But even more than that, the whole mountain shook violently. This would have been an interesting scene, an amazing scene. A scary scene to live through, wouldn't it? But then we see in verse 19, what's going on here is Moses was speaking. And God was answering with a voice. This is God telling Moses. This is literally kind of, you know, laying down the law, telling them what they need to do, how they're going to be following God. Verses 20 through 22. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord summoned Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. The Lord said to Moses, go down and solemnly warn the people, lest they force their way through the, through, to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. Let the priests also who approach the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break through against them. In verses 23 through 25, the uh, last few verses of this chapter, Moses said to the Lord, the people are not able to come up to Mount Sinai because you solemnly warned us, set boundaries for the mountain, and set it apart. The Lord said to him, go get down and come up and Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people force their way through to come up to the mountain lest they break through against them, uh, lest he break through against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. 
Okay, so this is kind of all, you know, how it comes. And it's, it's also kind of interesting, this, this interaction that we start to see with the, with the people. Because people, and, and piecing this together with some other passages as well, uh, we find out that what God is wanting is he's wanting to reveal himself to all these people. They're all supposed to be these priests. Everything's supposed to be great, and they're supposed to have this conversation. He's going to lay down the law, reveal the law to the people. And, you know, the people are like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, we're, we're going to do everything exactly, you know, exactly like what we stated. And then whenever God makes an appearance, the people kind of back up and they get afraid. I mean, understandably so. But here we find out that God is still speaking to them. He's still going to be speaking. Uh, this one through kind of a mediator of Moses and also the priests are mentioned here. Aaron, you know, is mentioned as well. So there, there's different ways in which. God is going to be reaching the people, but God makes an effort, most certainly, to reach the people, to communicate to the people. This is our God. Yeah, he's powerful. He's mighty. And it would scare us to death to meet him. But one day we will be able to. Because God is going to work out a way for us to be able to stand face to face and meet this God who can shake mountains, who appears as lightning, thunders, fire clouds, all of these images all together, all these powerful images, we will one day be able to stand in his presence and to communicate with him. For the time being, um, in this passage, he makes a way to still communicate to his people. And today, he still communicates to his people. He communicates to his people through his words. And we have his word. We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, and we have uh, so many teachings that will, will help guide us in our lives. And I want to, before we um, end this video, I want us just to kind of take a brief look at a few, um, at really one passage in the New Testament that you'll notice a lot of the images that are used in this chapter, they appear in that chapter as well. And I, I'm going to largely just read this. I'm not going to comment too much on it, but because I think it will kind of uh, speak to you based on what we've already looked at in this uh, Bible class. But this is from Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verses 18 through 29, notice how many times that they're going to reference, uh, that the uh, Hebrew writer is going to reference Exodus 19 and the different images that we saw in Exodus 19. There's other things that are referenced too, but Exodus 19 definitely shows up in this uh, Hebrews 12 a lot. Beginning verse 18. And by the way, he's going to contrast how great we as the church, how great we as Christians have it. And he's going to um, contrast us and, and them. So let's just kind of learn some things here. He says, For you have not come to something that can be touched, to a burning fire and darkness and gloom and a whirlwind, and the blast of the trumpet and a voice uttering words such that those who heard begged to hear no more, for they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. In fact, the scene was so terrifying that Moses said, I shudder with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the assembly and congregation of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous, who have been made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of something better than Abel's does. Take care not to refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, 
How much less shall we, if we reject the one who warns from heaven? Then his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, I will once more shake not only the earth, but heaven too. Now this phrase, once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, of created things, so that what is unshaken may remain. So since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us give thanks. And through this, let us offer worship pleasing to God in devotion and awe. For our God is indeed a devouring fire. It's a little bit to think of whenever we worship again, whenever we come together and worship again. This is the God that we can approach. And we can only approach him because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus Christ has sanctified us. He has purified us. And we can meet our God. It's great news. It's good news. It's the gospel message that we have been given. And it's wonderful for us to recognize how great we have it. So hopefully as we read passages like this in, in Exodus, it will, it will remind us of how great it is for us to live uh, after Jesus Christ has come and that we, are, uh, that we are fulfilling these things and that we are living these things out and that we can come before God. It's great news. If you're still wanting a little bit more information, remember you can check out that Bible Project video on the book of Exodus, part two, and then you'll kind of see where we're going to be going in the next few weeks. You can find a link to that video in the description of this video below.